Disney sets out to make paganism cool again, and we discuss Queen Elizabeth II, her passing last week, and the contribution the British Empire has made to the world. Because today your kids are taught from kindergarten through university that straight Christian white men are to blame for all of society's ills. And that's just not true. This is your favorite night of the week, The Deep End, on Tim Hatch Live! I'm so glad to be back with you guys. It is Tuesday. It is 7.30 p.m. And I want to make sure that you are liking this video and making sure that you're subscribing to the channel and also getting that notification bell clicked real quickly so that you're always up to date as to when we go live on the channel. It is episode six of season six on the deep end. And I'm so glad that you're here. You know, last week, a tragic passing, uh, Queen Elizabeth II, really an amazing moment in human history as the end of the second Elizabethan age comes uh, to us. And now we move on into the Carolinian age. I don't know what they're going to call this with Charles III taking the throne, but we got to talk about what's going on in there in terms of the overarching trajectory of human history, how it is actually being fulfilled. It's all turning out to be a fulfillment of scriptural prophecy. And what most people call progress is really regress. Uh, so to illustrate this, we got to talk about deep end news and then we'll get into Queen Elizabeth and the British Empire. Let's do deep end news. Deep end news. news Yeah, so deep end news today. Uh, shocking stuff all over the world. <laughs> Most importantly, here in America, where our entertainment industry continues to lead our populace toward paganism. Uh, FX, which is owned by Disney, has decided to produce a show, and I kid you not, the name of the show is called Little Demon. It is a animated series that's debuting on FX, I think already debuted on FX, uh, to continue Disney's effort to estrange basically every biblically-minded family and parent from its content. They have decided to produce this show that features a woman who was impregnated by Satan, gives birth to the Antichrist girl, uh, daughter, Antichrist daughter, and and then subsequently tries to fight off uh, Satan's advances to take back custody of his daughter. Such fun. <laughs> this article from Christian Headlines says 13 years after being impregnated by Satan, a reluctant mother, Laura, and her antichrist daughter, Chrissy, attempt to live an ordinary life in Delaware, but are constantly thwarted by the monstrous forces, including Satan, who yearn custody for his daughter's soul. Uh, Parks and Recreation star Aubrey Plaza. She voices the uh, daughter's uh, character, Laura, and she shared in an interview about uh, at San Diego's Comic-Con why she loves the show, and I couldn't believe her response. Listen to her response in this interview as to why she loves this particular show. Oh, what was your favorite thing to explore with such a complicated mother figure in the show? I love uh, that we are normalizing paganism. Um, <laughs> Laura is a pagan, she's a witch, she's jacked, she's, um, she's got to protect her daughter from demons, and, uh, and she's got to get her house in order. Yeah, so paganism normalized. Why not? Why not, Disney, normalize paganism? This should work out well for us. Because Disney has bought the lie of our age, the woke lie, that Christianity is a problem for the culture. But not, not just Christianity, Christian men are a problem for the culture, but, but not just Christian men. No, um, Christian white men are white Christian men, not, and not just white Christian men, but straight 
white Christian men are to blame for all of society's problems. The show, of course, ignores the only thing strong enough to defeat Satan is the blood and name of Jesus Christ, God's son. Can I get a good amen? Um, but for 2,000 years running, that has been the only solution. But Disney would rather not tell you that and tell kids that truth. It's too offensive. It's too archaic. It's too patriarchal and uh, is xenophobic today in our progressive modern age. Best to keep the kiddos in the dark so that when Boston Children's Hospital comes to cut off their genitals when they feel gender dysphoric, no one will fight back. By the way, these are the same people who will tell you who to vote for in a few weeks. And my advice is to hear what they say and then vote for the other person. Really, honestly, it never ends. I, I encourage you to go and watch the trailer for Little Demon. Go and watch it so that you're aware. I think it's intentional that it is an animated show featuring this content because they know better than anybody that if we appeal to younger generations through animated features, we can instill in them a sense of who they are, what the world is about, and what's true and what's not. So this is Satan putting on a kiddo face to appeal to our kids and teach them about himself. And the only good news I would say coming out of this news is that if you go to the YouTube channel uh, for Little Demon or F FX channel and, and look at the trailer, uh, the views, 86,000 as of yesterday, uh, and then the comments coming out are all negative. <laughs> First comment there, we've got to keep the word of God, worship and prayer in our homes. Next comment, this is pure evil. Next comment, I'm so ashamed. Next comment, I'm. Uh, this is demonic. I'll be praying for those who agree with the devil in this junk and call it just entertainment. You're giving the devil permission to plant seeds in your mind. I mean, thankfully, there's a lot more sane people than we realize out there who are going to look at this content and call it what it is, uh, satanic indoctrination of our kids. And it really is amping up amazingly how... Satan today just basically says, Americans are so stupid, I don't even have to hide anymore. Literally, that's what Satan is saying. Americans are so dumb, I don't have to hide. I can just literally put myself out there on a program that is animated for kids, and they'll eat it up like stinking lab rats. That's, that's really what's happening right now. And speaking of Satan grooming your children, this from the Daily Wire, you're not going to believe this headline from Deep End News. A Texas teacher's fired after telling students not to judge people who want to have sex with five-year-olds. Uh, only in 2022 would you have a headline like this. Evidently, there's a teacher in El Paso School District, and she said to her students, we're gonna call them MAPS, M-A-P-S, Minor Attracted Persons. Don't judge people just because they wanna have sex with a five-year-old. <laughs> the article is saying that a Texas teacher was fired, thankfully, after she instructed these students not to judge those people. Now, this was uh, a suspension of um, Teacher, a teacher named Amber Parker, 53 years old. She taught, at, she taught English at Franklin High School in El Paso. On Friday, the district voted unanimously to fire her. I just want to show you the video. It's hard to hear. This is the video of her talking to her students. Listen to even the students lament the insane indoctrination she's trying to foist upon them. Listen. Stop calling them that. You're not allowed to delight the people like that. What? Stop it. Diego. Yeah, no, We're not going to call them that. We're going to call them maps, no. minor attracted persons. No. So don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. Yeah, so even in the background, you hear the kids be like, no, no. I mean, this is a, where we've got, we've, we've come in our advancement toward progress, where we have teachers having to be basically shamed by what they're telling kids in the classroom. And then the district has to step in and fire or suspend the teacher because the teacher is literally towing the line of the sexual grooming, the sexual indoctrination of young people. 
Well, look, when we stop calling them what they are, which is really mentally ill and vicious demonic people, anyone who wants to have, a, have sex with a child, viciously demonic, evil, that's what we should be calling them. No, there, there should be no other moniker, no other name that we can label them with that would be less offensive. They should be offended. And anyone who wants to have sex with a five-year-old should be offended at what we call them. Evil, maniacal, sadistic, mentally depraved, human, sinful people. I mean, I, I can't come up with enough adjectives. And really, it should anger every single person watching this video and every parent and every teacher that teachers like this actually exist. And that as they say these things, the students are smarter than the teacher to be able to say, no, we're not going to do that. And that's why I shared the TikTok video because... On the heels of her suspension, the teacher was trying to claim that she was being sarcastic when she was making those comments. And if you listen to the video, that she sounds anything but sarcastic. And then, by the way, when people share this content on TikTok and YouTube, their videos come down. So who knows if this video will come down. But I know on TikTok, they are rab rabidly censoring anyone sharing that video on their platform. We've done a lot of talking about TikTok lately. And I want to know, why does big tech so desperately want to censor anyone who calls this stuff out? Why, why, why is, it that, is that a problem? In other news, a little bit more fun, <laughs> foolish, so we can kind of <laughs> give you a little bit of a reprieve. Out of Rhode Island, the Community College of Rhode Island, uh, a show up in Rhode Island called the John DePetro Show reported that a student out of CCRI, Community College of Rhode Island, has chosen to identify as a lizard. <laughs> because why not? <laughs> the article is saying CCRI is buzzing with the new pronouns students are using, including one who identifies as a lizard. Students complain the person dressed as a lizard is distracting and creepy, but are lectured on accepting people for who they are and feel most comfortable being. Instructors have encouraged students to get to know the lizard and appreciate the, quote, courage it took to be himself. Cafeteria workers complain the lizard student complains about the lack of flies. The lizard frequently interrupts class complaining of blatant reptile bias. And just so you know, we tracked down here on the deep end, we tracked down students, our team did, through social media and confirmed through, C through CCRI students that this is 100% real. There is a student at Community College of Rhode Island identifying as a lizard and is disrupting uh, the community of that school. And kids wanna know, where is the authority in this picture? I mean, but look, let's be honest. This is the trajectory. This is the inevitable result of letting the inmates run the asylum, letting the crazy people come up with new terminology and words so that we accept their indoctrination and ideology and start believing anything. Like, like again, I go back and back, back to that great quote by G.K. Chesterton. When men stop believing in God, they don't believe in nothing. They believe in anything. They accept anything. They promote anything. They support anything. And there's a little show on local PBS rate, uh, TV in Rhode Island. It's a show that broke out into discussion over things like this. The show is called A Lively Experiment, and the discussion gets around to the increasing number of kiddos who want to dress like cats in public schools. And here's this guy on the screen from that show. This is a publicly funded television show in Rhode Island defending the kids who want to dress up like cats and animals at school. Watch. 
you know, I'm not saying that people should dress in a manner that's distracting or disruptive. There is a point where common sense has to step in. But, you know, teen suicide rates, depression, anxiety is through the roof. If a kid wants to wear a cat ears or cat whiskers or whatever it may be, however they want to dress, you know, let them do it. As long as it's not disruptive and distracting to the other students in the building. And for adults in positions of prominence in this state, to be harassing these kids and creating a bullying type mentality is disgraceful. Mm -hmm. And I call on every single member of the media who has been engaged in this nonsense to, re to recant what they've said and apologize to these kids. Meow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> meow. Man, I'll tell you, as someone from New England, those two people, the woman who just said meow and that guy, literally embody the secular mindset of New England people. I'm telling you, I've met these people in person. They are literally that crazy. They literally think these things are perfectly fine. And we don't want kids committing suicide after all, so let them dress up as animals. And again, I always bring us back to this chapter, but it is literally the, the time frame in which we live as Westerners. Romans chapter 1, verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools. And then verse 23, they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling what? Mortal man, what? Birds, animals, and creeping things. And this is the trajectory that we are on. Uh, this brings me to another uh, headline news item today. In the name of cultural diversity and inclusion, in the name of advancing all things progressively lunaticy into our world, Calvin Klein has followed suit in our culture's evolution. Remember Calvin Klein? Preachers like me used to get on the pulpits of America's churches and rail against the sexualization of kids through images such as this one. I present to you the Calvin Klein ad from 1992, and I know it's risque, but I'm going to make a point here and understand what the point will be in just a moment. You will. Um, the image here is of Marky Mark Wahlberg, bare-chested against a bare-chested Kate Moss from 1992, both wearing Calvin Klein underwear. Now, preachers like me, you know, not me necessarily, my, for, my forebears, the people who came before me, used to rail against this. This is, this is the undoing of civilization. This is bad for society. This is sexualization of our kids and our young people. My, how I long for the day where this image was what we complained about. Because ladies and gentlemen, I give you a 30 year progress report on Calvin Klein advertising. This is the advertisement from Calvin Klein 2022. Look on the screen. <laughs> if you don't have this on video, I'm going to explain it to you as best as I can. Uh, the image that you're looking at is what appears to be a chubby man-woman wearing a bra and pink tidy boxer briefs, I guess, tight, whitey, tidy boxer briefs. I don't know how you call it. Standing in front of a overweight, highly tattooed woman with, frankly, one of the most offensive navels in human history. Um, she's got, of course, the cropped hair. He is... Uh, brown, I would say, and this is considered sexy in today's modern age of progress. My, how I long for the days when we preachers would rail against the image on the left. I wish I wish it was that simple anymore. Now we have to rail against this crazy gray that Calvin Klein is producing. All I'm saying is yuck. 
<laughs> so here's the question though, and maybe you have this question. What is this strange new, actually, actually old world? What is going on? Ladies and gentlemen, it is not, it is not new. There is nothing new under the sun. Solomon wrote 3,000 years ago. Understand that everything we see happening in culture today has happened before, and that's going to lead us into a wonderful discussion starting tomorrow on First Kings. But as we've seen the cultural slide of confusion and immorality, this is not new. This is not, we've seen this before. Satan never creates anything. He can only imitate and then regurgitate his, whole, his old lies to a new generation. We're not progressing, we're regressing back to paganism, back to ancient times, like an ancient Greek culture when young boys were sodomized by their elders as a rite of passage to manhood. Yes, that's what they did. It was accepted normal practice and they were pagans. And this was before the influence of Christianity came to the Greek culture. Paganism and sexualizing minors is nothing new. Now, this is what the devil has been doing and trying to do since time began. But in order to accomplish this, in order to be successful in any culture, he has to do a couple things first. Before you promote the lie, the devil has to, prom de has to demonize the truth. So, so you have to devalue the truth. You have to make fun of the truth. You have to get people to laugh <laughs> at the truth. You have to make sure that people disparage the truth. And then when they're laughing at the truth, they're, they're well-oiled to receive the lies that he has to offer, which brings me to a discussion we've got to have today. Maybe a little bit late, but still better late than never on Queen Elizabeth II. And I want to talk about her, but I also want to talk about the blessing. And I do mean blessing bestowed upon the world by the British Empire. And that brings me to Deep Endopedia. Yes, yeah, so last week at the age of 96, Queen Elizabeth II has passed away. The longest living monarch, longest ruling monarch in England's history. It's quite a feat because they had a long line of them. Uh, I want to give you a little bit of a history level lesson first so that you understand what history is all about. How do you get to Queen Elizabeth II? It starts with actually King Henry VIII way back in the 1500s. Queen Elizabeth is actually distantly re related to uh, King Henry VIII uh, through his sister, Margaret Tudor of Scotland. She's not a direct descendant of Henry VIII. She's a direct descendant of his sister. Technically, King Henry VIII is her 12th great-grand-uncle. <laughs> a little mouthful. Henry VIII is the most well known is most well known, of course, for his six wives, two of which he had executed because they couldn't produce an heir he approved of, and two of which he divorced or actually annulled by switching back and forth between Catholicism and Protestantism, depending on which church would appease his sexual proclivities. But Henry VIII was the impetus behind Christian Protestantism taking root in England, and in spite of his many failings, King Henry VIII actually gave birth to a lot of what we appreciate today as Western, civiliz Western civilized people. He broke from the Pope in order to annul his first marriage to Catherine of Aragon because she failed to produce a son. He continued to marry women until he had a son, King, Henry, King Edward VI, who reigned only for six years and was succeeded by the daughter of Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn, Mary I. Now, this Mary I is often referred to as Bloody Mary, if you've ever had a Bloody Mary, you're drinking to Mary the First. Now, 
Bloody Mary rejected her father's move to Protestantism, probably because he never saw her fit for the throne and always favored boys. And so she kind of rejected her father's Protestantism, reinstated Catholicism in England, and then violently persecuted Christian ministers, most notably Hugh Latimer and Nicholas Ridley, burning them at the stake, and also Archbishop Thomas Cramer, who her father had appointed. Burned at the stake by Bloody Mary. She got that nickname Bloody Mary because of how often she loved to kill Protestant ministers. And then she imprisoned her sister Elizabeth I for her sympathies towards Protestantism. But thankfully, Bloody Mary only reigned for five years until her death. And then her half-sister Elizabeth II ascended to the throne after escaping several plots against her life. (laughs) The monarchy was like a Bond film back then. Elizabeth I. And Elizabeth I brought back Protestantism to England. And I would venture to say that if it hadn't been for Elizabeth I, Protestant faith would have died a slow death in England. Now, why does that matter? Because Protestantism gave birth to several human rights, several religious rights in the West. The Puritan movement comes out of Protestantism in England. The expansion of the arts, the expansion of biblical literacy, the expansion of the sciences, the demythalization of the universe so that we can study and do tests and uh, test our hypothesis against controls. All of these things are the fruits of Protestantism, Protestant faith. Eventually, many of these realities became the breeding ground for the people who would move across the Atlantic and come and found America. If you are an American today and enjoy the freedom to worship or not worship, you owe a lot to Queen Elizabeth I, who instituted what historians call the First Elizabethan Age, or also called the Golden Age. It was called the Golden Age because her views and her tolerance toward Protestantism led to untold measures of prosperity for the populace, uh, rights for people, limitations on the king and their powers, And while she was by far not a perfect monarch, she was far better than her predecessor, Queen Mary I. Now, following in her namesake, Elizabeth I, is Elizabeth II, who just passed away. Seven decades on the throne. She is in many ways an encapsulation of like-minded views of Elizabeth I, guiding Britain toward a more tolerant and free country coming out of the Second World War and partnering with America during the Cold War. She served her country in the war, uh, going into the service, uh, the auxiliary territorial service when she turned 18. This is the women's branch of the British Army. She was the first female royal to serve as an enlisted soldier in the army. Her father, King George, made no allowances for her to receive a special rank, and she began training as a mechanic in March 1945. She worked on engines, she drove ambulances, and newspapers dubbed her Princess Auto Mechanic. At the age of 18, in the Army, at the end of the Second World War, she was already living up to the promise that she would eventually make to the nation at the age of 21, saying, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. Queen Elizabeth II was also a devout Christian believer, talking about her faith in several opportunities. Her Christmas message in 2000 featured the words, quote, to many of us, our beliefs are of fundamental importance. For me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. I, like so many of you, have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's words and example. 
She said to the Lambeth Conference in 2022, throughout my life, the message and teachings of Christ have been my guide, and in them I find hope. Many times Queen Elizabeth II hosted Billy Graham at Buckingham Palace, and beginning in 1955, when she invited him to preach at Windsor Castle to her and Prince Philip alone. Uh, Billy Graham talked about that in his autobiography, as well as several other moments that he shared with Queen Elizabeth II. He and Ruth visited the Queen at one of their uh, estates in 1984, and when they entered the estate, they walked past what they saw as a woman appearing to wear a raincoat, wellingtons, and a scarf bent over and fixing some food for the dogs. They thought at first it was one of the housekeepers, but when she straightened up, it was in fact the queen. So this was a woman that wasn't afraid to get her hands dirty. You see, Queen Elizabeth represented in her name and in her life the fundamental good that the British Empire gave to the world. And this leads me to a larger discussion, a discussion that has to be had today now more than ever. You hear the term colonialism or colonizer, and you hear these words in jest, in, in uh, derogation. People put these terms down. And the reason why is because there, is, there has been a work of the devil, the father of lies, to demonize all the good that the British Empire gave to the world. And a lot of that good is ignored today in the name of social justice, progress, and quote-unquote civil rights. The reason why it's demonized is because the rules and the laws and the culturalization that the British Empire gave to the world was largely fixated on the truth of Scripture. They didn't do it perfectly, and there's many instances of human abuse across the British Empire. But in large scale, the British Empire changed the world for the better. And I want to spend some time for today talking about what the British Empire gave the world. Uh, the British Empire gave the world common law. This is the idea that one set of laws govern all people. And wherever they colonized, they brought common law with them. What laws were those? Well, they also gave us the Magna Carta. This was the first written constitution in European history. It was signed by King John in 1215, and it placed him and all of England's future sovereigns under the rule of law. Before that, the king was exempt from common or the laws of the people. The Magna Carta actually put the rule of law above the king's authority. So no separate rule for kings and heads of state. That's a huge deal because that means when they colonized these colonies, the king couldn't just do whatever he wanted with impunity. No, there were lords and there were checks and balances within the British Empire that held him in check. Now, did some of the kings across the time uh, ignore the Magna Carta? Absolutely. A lot of rules were ignored by leaders of the British Empire, just like rules are ignored by our leaders under our constitution right now. But it got better with time. Statutes such as habeas corpus, which makes it illegal for the government to just detain you for any reason. They have to have proper grounds. This is why you have arraignments and bail in this country. It was all inspired by the rule, the statute of habeas corpus. The Fifth Amendment of our Constitution is almost a direct replica of habeas corpus saying, nor shall any persons be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, end quote. They also gave us principles such as free speech, the right to petition your government concerning your grievances. They put limits on taxation and war funding, limits on the king's rights, 
uh, consider, not on the screen here, but the petition of right. This curbed the monarch's powers concerning taxation for uh, wars, foreign wars. It curbed the king's rights in terms of instituting martial law or imprisoning his political opponents or anyone that, for that matter without trial. Now, King Charles I uh, established the petition of right and then later ignored it as sovereigns often did, but it became the law of the land and eventually respected. That's why, by the way, as we fight in the pro-life cause and we see that there's going to be leaders and governors who ignore what the Supreme Court just did, it doesn't mean we give up. It just takes time for one generation to accept the social movement and change of a previous generation. That's been the case since human beings began ruling on this earth. The British Empire also gave birth to the United States, to Canada, to Australia, to New Zealand, Basically, any country with human rights and the elevation and dignity of the human body, that came from the British Empire. The British Empire abolished the slave trade well before America ever ended its slave practices. And this was through the work of Protestant leaders such as William Wilberforce. William Wilberforce, who expended his finances and health to abolish the transatlantic slave trade with help from John Newton and other reformers. Between 1808 and 1860, the Royal Navy seized 1,600 slave ships in the Atlantic and freed 150,000 Africans who were aboard. Uh, they also contributed greatly to missionary expansion around the world. Wherever the British Empire colonized, they brought pastors and clergymen to institute churches and religious worship in the colony. And they also started schools and hospitals in every colony. Again, not without failures, not without some bad moments, of course, no human and no human government is perfect, but the overarching good that they gave to the world far outweighs the very small moments of bad. The British Empire also led the world in the Industrial Revolution and the advancements of technology, such as railroads, shipping routes, safe naval transport across the seas. These were all the, the fruits of the British Empire. Basically, if you love traveling overseas and if you love the ability to see technology make your life better, that's rooted in the freedoms provided to populaces through the limitation of government and the subjugation of all citizens, including the rulers, to the rule of law. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be fooled into hating the British Empire and what it stood for for centuries. It had problems, but it greatly contributed to human advancement. Even the very secular and left-wing uh, magazine publication, The Atlantic, published an article back in 2010. I don't think they published something like this anymore. The title of the article was British Colonialism, Good or Bad for India. And Fareed Zakaria, who is a CNN commentator, said, quote, India's political system owes much to the institutions put in place by the British over 200 years ago. By the way, just a fun fact, uh, the British ended the sati practice. The sati practice was a standardized practice in India and other places of the world where if a man died, his widow was laid alive on his funeral pyre and burned to death. That's how they cared for widows before the British Empire came to India. Uh, this is one of many human rights abuses that the British Empire and British colonialism ended around the world. Uh, consider the fact that the nation of China and Britain 
have long had this intense battle over a city called Hong Kong. And what I'm about to share with you is testament to the fact that all the good that the British Empire brought to the world is now under intense, unending scrutiny today. I would argue that the course has been reversed for some time now, and totalitarianism in the name of progress is coming to powers around the world. All you have to do is look at Hong Kong right now. In 1997, the British Empire gave control to Hong Kong, uh, gave control of Hong Kong to China. And now human rights are under assault. Political dissent is being quieted. Pro-China legislators are gaining power through uh, legislative manipulation in Hong Kong. And take a look at this on the screen. I give you the pillar of shame. The pillar of shame commemorated the human rights abuses of the uh, Tiananmen Square protests in 1989. It was erected to remember those lives lost at the hands of the totalitarian regime in China. And in 2021, it was taken down at the University of Hong Kong. It's no longer allowed to be visible. Why? Because it represented standing against totalitarianism. And now that totalitarianism is cool and we don't want to offend China, it comes down and no one says anything. Today's Britain celebrates the opposite of its former values. Today's Britain celebrates racism and political bias on the basis of skin color. Yes, it does. An article from the London Times reads, quote, great offices of state set to contain no white men. I want you to hear that again. This is the title of an article from the London Times. Great offices of state set to contain no white men. And this is put forth as a good thing. Now, I would, I would venture to suggest, put any other identity group in the place of the words white men and the world goes ballistic with this headline. Try saying this with great offices of state set to contain no LGBTQIA peoples. I mean, there would be an outcry of injustice, but because it's anti-white men, no problem. Some in Britain and America absolutely believe the color of your skin and your genitals are the most important trait that you can have to effectively lead a government. This is where America is going, trust me. And by the way, I have no problem if these people here on the screen are the most best qualified for the job, but the headline should read that, right? But no, that's not woke. That's not progressive. That doesn't get clicks for those who've been trained to hate what Britain was and especially hate white men. These are the people who keep saying representation matters and are currently celebrating zero rep representation for only one segment of society. And Britain is following China's lead on taking down or covering up statues that represent those who fought for individual freedoms. In 2020, this is a picture of London, 2020. You can see there's a big gray square on the street there. What is that square? What is that box covering up? It's covering Winston Churchill's statue. A statue that heralds the great contributions of that man in leading Britain through the Second World War and determining to never give up in the fight against the Nazis and perhaps one of the last century's greatest lovers of freedom. His statue had to be covered up during the 2020 Summer of Love riots in the wake of George Floyd's death in London, England. Why George Floyd's death spread all the way over to London, England, I have no idea. But the man who literally inspired... Britain to defeat totalitarianism is now silenced and covered up in the name of progress and tolerance. You see how insane this really is? But this is what happens, friends, when you demonize the past, when the devil takes root in your culture, 
And he causes you to forget everything or demonize everything in your past because it's hateful, bigoted, and xenophobic. And then an entire group of people who are largely identified with that past become the problem based on the pigment color of their skin and their genitals. You see, the people who thought they were fighting the enemy became the very enemy they were trying to eliminate. And now there is a region in the world where they've already tried this. And you have to understand, this is nothing new. The experiment of demonizing and blaming white men for all the evil in the world This has already been done decades earlier. That region is in South Africa. I bring you news out of Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe was once indoctrinated into the mindset that white colonialists from Britain were to blame for all the country's problems. And so their president, uh, Robert Mugabe, really a totalitarian in his own mind, instituted laws in 2000 allowing the seizure of white-owned farms in an attempt to address the, quote, imbalances from the colonial era, end quote, i.e. blame Britain for white people's success in black countries. That's really what, was that, what that was about. So white farmers were forced to leave in mass from Zimbabwe, including the guy in this picture. His name is Rob Smart. He was forced to leave his own farm in Zimbabwe at gunpoint by riot police with AK-47s and tear gas. He left peacefully. And then when he left, the country started to go downhill, including his farm. He left the country and the country slid into poverty, so much so that it couldn't even pay its own military. Look at the two headlines on the screen. One headline from 2014 reads, no white person will be allowed to own land. And this was supposed to be progress in 2014. One year later, the headline reads, Mugabe begs whites to return to Zimbabwe, end quote. By 2017, the citizens revolted and Mugabe was recently forced out and the new president worked quickly to reinstate Rob Smart and his family back to the farm. And when he returned, the workers and the community members, all black, came rushing out to greet him and celebrate him, literally throwing a party when the white guy came back to the farm so that he could employ them and bring back some sanity and some prosperity to their culture. Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, please do not misunderstand me. This is not to suggest that white people do economics better than black people. No, not at all. It's about a cultural mindset. It's about the benefits and the advancements of Western civilization, whether it's by black, white, or whoever. It's about the, process, the progress brought about by the fundamental principles of freedom of worship, freedom of someone's individual liberties and rights, and rooting our country in laws that are rooted in the authority of God's word. Ladies and gentlemen, this was who we were. And an experiment has already been had in South African countries that show you when you demonize an entire populace based on what they represent by the color of their skin, your country suffers, your country starves, your country heads into poverty. Is that where we are headed in America? Inflation is going through the roof. Inflation just came out this morning at 8.3%. Now, if you compound inflation numbers from last September at 5.39%, the total inflation rise, the cost of the average cost of goods for you based on two years ago is 13.7%. You're paying more for everything. That's why you have less money in your paycheck. And this is all happening under the watch of a guy that America America just elected who said very Robert Mugabe-esque kinds of things. In 2019, while running, I'm sorry, 2020, while running for president, 
Biden said racism in U.S. is a, quote, white man's problem, end quote. Really? Racism is just a white man's problem? Just men? Women can't be racist? Black people, brown people can't be racist? Only white people can be racist. So the underlying message there is anything to do with white people is problematic. White people caused all kinds of civil rights abuses, human rights abuses, and they should not be treated equally anymore. We have to undo what they did by being uh, uh, discriminatory toward them. Ladies and gentlemen, this all happens as the demand for racism continues to outstrip supply. Yes, whether it be on the claims of someone like Jesse Smollett, who I never would have heard of if he hadn't faked his own hate crime against himself, or the more recent story of a Duke volleyball player claiming she heard racist insults from the stands at a BYU game, a claim that was so fabricated and so without evidence, even CNN had to admit there was no evidence of the heckling of this black volleyball player at the Duke BYU game at Brigham Young University. Now, again, this stuff has been happening Uh, more and more. And thankfully, sometimes the truth comes out and we are spared further advancement. I bring you the case of Oberlin College in 2016. Oberlin College, right outside of Cleveland, or between Cleveland, Ohio and Sandusky, Ohio, was ground zero for drumming up a hate crime where there was no hate to be found. On November 9th, 2016, at a bakery near the college, a black man was arrested for trying to steal wine. When stopped by a white older clerk, the young man assaulted the clerk, hit him across the face, dropped the wine, and left the store. Instead of getting the facts and details and watching the surveillance videos and letting the police do their investigations, the college exploded in protests at the bakery. The protests were led not by students, but by professors and deans from the school, as well as students. Violence broke out, forcing the bakery to close and fix endless amounts of vandalism. And after the investigation, the truth came out. The clerk was exonerated. The bakery was not only cleared of any racist intentions, but the college was forced to pay $36 million to the bakery. This from NBC News. And so you have the truth coming out sometimes where what is wrong is deemed as wrong and what is right is deemed as right. And again, this is not about white people or black people. This is about truth. I think everyone wants truth, right? I think everyone wants the benefit of knowing the facts and not rushing to judgment. These, again, are the great values distributed to us through the great history of the British Empire. Now, I'm as American as it gets, but I am smart enough to know at least that when you look back on the trajectory of human history, the British Empire and the Protestant faith that undergird the British Empire's advancements in human civilization did far more good than we are giving it credit for today. My big point is do not fall for the lie that is being propagated in our culture. The lie of hating Christianity, hating colonialism, hating every contribution of the British Empire or America for that sake. It's important that we know our history And this is what I want to round the show off saying. Christians, we've got to know history because knowing where we came from helps us fight for the proper way forward. In every totalitarian regime, they come in and redefine history. They come in and excoriate history. They they 
change history, to make that country as it was bad so they can take it in a radically different direction. This is where we are right now. I'm convinced that content on this channel gets suppressed by big tech. I'm convinced that YouTube absolutely suppresses the advancement of this show. Why? Because we speak these things and they aren't in line with the narrative that big tech wants to propagate upon the human population right now. And these things are nothing new. 2,600 years ago, one lone prophet of Israel, one man challenged God's people and no one listened and they suppressed his voice and they threw him in a pit and he kept telling them, stop listening to your leaders. Stop trusting everyone who has something to say. What was his name? His name was Jeremiah. And though his generation hated him, God eventually exonerated him, putting his book in the holy canon of scripture. In Jeremiah 6, 16, Jeremiah says, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths, the old ways. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. I set watchmen over you saying, pay attention to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not pay attention. Therefore, hear, O nations, and know, O congregation, what will happen to them. Hear, O earth, behold, I am bringing disaster upon this people, the fruit of their devices, because they have not paid attention to my words, and as for my law, they have rejected it. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're seeing today, we have seen before. Satan has no new tricks. He's got no new mantras. He's got no new ways. Paganism, not progress, regress. And who's going to pay the price? People, the innocent those who cannot defend themselves. And that is why on this channel, we don't just address what's happening in culture. We address what's happening in scripture. I've got good news for you is finally here tomorrow. We are starting our deep dive Bible study, going through the Kings of Compromise from first and second Kings. It's going to astound you how similar the history of Israel is to our present time in history. It's a warning for us. Will we heed it? Will we listen? I've got good news for those who do, that in every age, no matter how terrible the leader and civil authority over God's people, God has always maintained a people for himself. He has always preserved that people. He has always strengthened and empowered that people. And today, we need this message now more than ever. So tomorrow, I encourage you to tune in with me for the Kings of Compromise. And also, as we always advise you to do, check out 10 Questions with Tim. We just did this last week, but you can send a question in to ask at Tim Hatch Live. I really enjoy answering your questions. That's our most watched show on the channel. If you can support the channel, it helps us create this content. It helps us get the message out. We are over 2,000 subscriptions here on YouTube. And again, like I say in the beginning, if you can, like the video, subscribe to the channel to give the beard some love, and also make sure that you're hitting that notification bell so that you can get notified every time we go live. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the show. I'm excited that you were here. I'm thankful that you were here. Make sure you're checking out all of our social media channels. They're all Tim Hatch Live, whether it be at or forward slash. And one more request, if you want to, leave a review on the podcast app and let us know how you feel about the content. Only, of course, if you love it. <laughs> I'm glad you guys were here. I'll see you tomorrow night for the Deep Dive Bible Study. Other than that, have a great Tuesday night. 
Don't believe the lies of the age. Follow the truth of scripture. Watch for the ancient paths and know your history so that you're not doomed to repeat it. God bless you.